Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Dictionary of Moments podcast. My name is Jason Geary. I'm your host, author and reader. Settle in. It's time to read some stories. of moments. Now, firstly, let me apologize for the absence of an episode last week. I had some technical difficulties with my equipment uh, that uh, popped up in another podcast that I do. How about this? And it took a week to sort it all out. But I want to say thank you to my patrons on Patreon. Uh, because of your support, I was able to order some new equipment right away. Uh, the funds were in the bank. And uh, it was just a matter of waiting for things to be delivered. And as you can imagine, in this COVID world, that takes a little longer than you want, even when you order express. So my apologies for that. Uh, but. Here we are, episode 53 of the podcast. I'm very excited. I hope you are too. Let's get straight into the stories. Identifying mark burned on livestock or, especially in former times, criminals or slaves with a branding iron. Brand. The restaurant was buzzing with the type of self-assured din that went along with being the hardest reservation in town to get. The who's who of the city sitting in dimly lit booths desperately trying to be and not to be noticed. A delicate balance of desperation and ego. The faces that you didn't recognise, those were the ones with real power. Players, all. Leah sat with her back to the wall. She always sat this way. This way she could see what was coming. In this case, it was a tall woman dressed to perfection in a tight green dress. The contrast between the green dress and her red hair was striking. The woman walked straight to the table and sat down without invitation. Leah, I assume... The woman didn't offer her hand. She just eyeballed Leah with a ceaseless gaze. Her eyes were blue to top off the striking colour combination. Correct. No hello? No. The woman in green opened her purse and showed Leah a gun and a syringe full of glowing blue liquid. She continued. Now, I don't want to be the cause a scene, and so if you'll kindly take the syringe from my purse and inject it into your leg, I'll identify you and we can move on. If you do not inject yourself within the next minute, I will shoot you where you sit. Nobody in here will be any the wiser. As you can see, my gun is silenced. The choice is 
yours. Leah looked inside the purse. The woman's hand was going through the bottom of the purse and holding the gun at her. It was glowing and charged. One single bolt from it would boil her instantly from the inside out. She reached in, and as she did, she thought about making a grab for the gun. Ah, 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 don't. Not here. They just opened this place. Let's not ruin everyone's fun, shall we? Leah took the syringe and jabbed it into her leg. The bright blue liquid spread through her system at an alarming speed. The situation had her pulse racing. It was visible beneath her skin, and it traced a map of her veins and arteries under it. Give me your left hand. The woman in green watched as Leah placed her left hand onto the table. She saw the blue liquid flow down Leah's arm. If Leah was who she said she was, the sign of Kazomo would appear in the back of her hand. The woman in green put her hand on Leah's wrist, forcing the liquid in Leah's veins to stop flowing. They looked at each other in the eyes. The woman in green broke the silence. If the symbol doesn't show, then you have broken our contract. If you have broken our contract, then you are indebted to us. The only way you can pay us back is with the contents locked in your brain, which I will take without mercy. If the brand shows, then you have less than two hours to deliver what is in your head to my boss. You've lived large for three months. Now you must deliver, one way or another. The woman in green lifted her hand from Leah's wrist and waited for the blue glowing liquid to make its way to the back of her hand. Upon arriving there, the Taurian bull's head sign of Kazomo did not appear. She looked at Leah. How did you remove? Leah didn't wait to answer. She grabbed the syringe from her leg, swung hard and jabbed it deep into the ear of the woman sitting opposite her, depositing what was left of the blue liquid directly into her brain. Withdrawing her hand and the needle without anyone seeing, the woman in green screamed softly, mainly out of shock. Her face turned bright blue. She slumped forward onto the table with a thud, eyes rolled back and glowing. Leah moved quickly, grabbing her bag and announcing loudly, I'm going, you can't handle your drink, sheesh. Leah pushed her way out of the restaurant, depositing the syringe in Brad Pitt's man bag on the way out. Now that she knew the syndicate was after her, with what she had inside her head, she knew that her last 24 hours on Earth were going to be eventful. Voluntarily cease to keep or claim. Relinquish. You can't do this to me, Boss Leon said as he sat on Henry's pillow. Mum says I have to. Henry looked solemn. You don't. You can totally keep believing me and, and I'll just never tell her, please. I'm disappearing as we speak. I want to grow up with you. You have to keep believing in me. If you stop, I'll disappear forever. I know. That's why I have to do it. Henry sat and closed his eyes. 
He thought about how having an imaginary friend was costing him real friends. How boss Leon was stopping him from connecting with others. That's what his counsellor said, anyway. When she found out he still had an imaginary friend. His counsellor told his mother, who was appalled at the fact that an 11-year-old still hung his hopes on a made-up friend. Oh, I thought we'd heard the last of boss Leon years ago. Just stop it, she said. I'm almost gone. Please remember how much we've done together. We, we own the railways and the swing sets, remember? Don't throw that away, please. Keep me, please. Henry opened his eyes and watched his imaginary friend dissolve into nothing. He found himself not breathing, tears rolling down his face. Then, as if deciding which way to breathe, he let out a tiny howl to himself. It was the sound of uncertainty, of loss and strength, all mixed together. He let himself cry. He knew soon his mother would tell him that he couldn't do that either. Boys don't cry. He knew that was an unspoken rule that existed somewhere after having an imaginary friend is for babies. He grabbed his pillow, the one boss Leon was sitting on moments ago, and cried into it until it was wet through. pleasant smell that frequently accompanies the first rain after a long period of warm, dry weather. Petrichor. It's been hot, crazy hot, which is to say the excessively warm temperature has brought with it an inclination to lose one's mind. You can't do anything. 44 degrees outside for days. You can barely put your foot on the ground without it melting into the tarmac. No aircon here. The inside is just as bad as the outside, worse really, because my whole family has come up for Australia Day. No room to move, unless you want to risk interacting with someone. Like I said, it's crazy hot, so there ain't no use in that. Whoever you talk to is likely to bite your head off for just looking at them. So it's me, outside, alone, under the shade of this tree. I feel the breeze change. I look down and I see the ants start to go wild. They know the rain is coming. They scramble over the top of each other in a desperate attempt to get safely underground before the tunnels flood. There's no real relief coming. No thunderous change. Not according to weatherman Wall, anyway. Just a light rain that'll do its best to dip the temperature to talk to my family levels. The air changes scent. You can smell the damp as the drops fall from the sky. I won't move. I need this as much as the earth does right now. Wash the crazy away. The rain sets in, steady but not forceful. I see small clouds of dust kick up around each drop, releasing the smell of the earth. It's a smell of instant relaxation. 
one that puts your mind back inside your head in a way that has you asking, where did it go for so long? The colour of the world changes around me. No need to squint now, I can let the light in. I breathe deep and look back to the house. My family have emerged to drink in the petrichor. I watch them relax, like showgoers coming back from a stage hypnosis. They blink away the fog and start to recognise they've been absent for a while. Goofy smiles ensue. I take another deep breath in. I feel the earth in my lungs, which grounds me again. For tuning in to the Dictionary of Moments this episode. You can support the Dictionary of Moments firstly by telling people you like that you like this podcast. Uh, if you are happy to share that, that would be the biggest boon that you can do. More ears on the podcast means a bigger and ever-growing audience. You can also, if you are moved to, subscribe uh, to the podcast via Patreon. Just go to patreon.com, uh, look up the Dictionary of Moments. The link to it will be in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, and you can uh, subscribe a regular monthly fee to support the podcast. I also have written a book recently. It's called Lost and Found Magical Stories from Melbourne. It's six uh, short stories, not as short as these ones. Uh, it goes through about 100 pages. Uh, and you can buy an ebook version and you get the audio book version as well. It's pay what you feel slash can in this pandemic um, environment that we live in. So if you are wanting to hear more of my voice or read more of my words, you can get Lost and Found Magical Stories from Melbourne. Again, the link to that will be in the show notes of the podcast. Just go to Try Booking uh, and uh, follow the prompts from there. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Again, apologies for missing the week. Technical difficulties. If only I could have broadcast that Simpsons slide uh, that says, we'll be right back. Uh, all right, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks. Bye. Follow you blindly, my eyes.